welcome to the Attraction Screw Podcast. I'm Ryan Sir, along with my co-host, Don Helbig. Don, how you doing today? You know, I'm doing great, Ryan. Super excited. The NFL season kicks off this week. Thursday night football starts with the Kansas City Chiefs against the Detroit Lions. I'm going with the Lions on that mm. one. I think they're going to have a really good year. Uh, you got the Bengals opening up uh, Sunday in Cleveland. So really excited about that. Uh, NHL training camps will be opening in a couple of weeks. And around the country, all the Halloween events start at the uh, amusement theme parks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things going around there. A lot of parks have made their announcements recently for the Halloween stuff. Along with, uh, it seems like there's all, this is the season though, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago seemed to be a uh, new ride season. And now we've got the Halloween season, which is something you can look forward to like a little bit, a little bit closer. You know, it's not next year, it's this year. Um, right. So speaking of a park that has a really good Halloween event, I heard you visited a nice park this weekend. I did, uh, Kennywood, just outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, it had been a minute since I had been there. Uh, so it was 1982 was my uh, previous visit there. Uh, not much changed. I mean, the park opened in 1898. I really love the old school charm that the park has. It has three fantastic wooden roller coasters, all American Coaster Enthusiast landmark uh, coasters. Uh, you have the Thunderbolt one of my favorite roller coasters of all time. You have the racer and you have Jackrabbit. Uh, Jackrabbit rides uh, with that double dip. Just so much fun. Uh, got to ride some rides that I had never ridden before there that had come in since my last visit. Uh, but was there for two days over Labor Day weekend. Uh, just had a great time. Rekindled a lot of you know memories really quick when I walked in. Uh, but it also brought back for me, you know, I mentioned the word charm, uh, my first amusement park experience was Cincinnati's Coney Island. So a lot of Kennywood, you know, things that they have there kind of reminded me of what Coney Island was. Uh, but uh, no, it was, it was a good uh, couple of days. And uh, you, you talked about their Halloween event, which starts later this month. You know, I hear that's really well done. They had some of the decor that they had started to bring out there. Uh, they also have a great Christmas event. So uh, I hope to, to be able to get back to experience those events, if not this year, for sure next year. So what was your favorite ride there? Thunderbolt, uh, without question. It, it's just just one of the best wooden roller coasters I've ever ridden. You know, it's in the argument for number one. Uh, you know, I've got the Voyage on that list. I've got the Beast, you know, on that list. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, I really like about it. And it pushes for number one. Yeah, total classic. I mean, uh, I haven't been to Kennywood since 2007. And that most certainly has to change. But... Um, I distinctly remember liking Noah's Ark, which is a PTC uh, dark ride. Uh, only one of two in existence, I think. I think the other one's in England, but it's not operational. It's just for show. Um, you know, their wooden coasters are fantastic. They've got a Mobius racing coaster, which is really, really cool. Uh, and even their more modern ones, like uh, Exterminator. It's an indoor spinning ride, which is themed to, like, an Exterminator. Uh that was actually uh, themed by our friend Rick Bastrop by his book. Uh, previous episode, two, two episodes ago, I think he was on. No, it was last week's episode. Sorry. Anyway, um, but he did the thematic elements of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Kennywood's a fantastic park. And uh, I, I feel like it's completely undercredited when it comes to uh, its place amongst some of the greats. You know, it, it kind of has Dollywood vibes to it in a lot of ways where it's not just it about the, the rides. It's about 
yeah, you know, the other things that you can do there and you can enjoy the food and the other attractions. And uh, you, you're right. I mean, it does have a fantastic amount of charm. So I'm glad you got to do that. It does. But um, I have to mention, too, uh, Phantom's Revenge. Mm. So my first time on that, I thought that was another amazing, you know, coaster that they have there. Uh, some great airtime on it. You know, there's the where it goes down as one drop and it cuts under thunderbolt so that head chopper you know i, I wasn't expecting that uh, so it was um it was just a great ride you know you get off the ride you want to get right back on and, and do it again a little odd with the you know the the restraint system and that kind of thing how it how it is but um just a great ride had a great time can't you know can't wait to get back again yeah, the thing I always liked about Phantom's Revenge is how it's technically a hyper coaster, but that's because of the second hill, not the first hill, uh, as traditional with with these things. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, and then after you got back, uh, so you and I had a company outing uh, last night. We went to uh, Cincinnati Reds game, which was a lot of fun. Um, and one of us got to take home a bit of a souvenir. Uh, I'd like to say that I caught a foul ball for those of you that are, uh, you know, listening to the audio version. Um, I didn't really catch it. It more caught me. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's funny cause you and I, uh, we used to go to Reds games relatively often. Uh, and then the last couple of years, it's only been once or twice a year. And, uh, just in the times that we've gone, you got a foul ball and I've gotten a foul ball, you know? Yeah, mine left a mark on my head, though. Remember, I cut my forehead. I do remember that. You're you're uh, reaching for the ball there. But yours was off the bat of TJ Friedel. Mm-hmm. Thanks, TJ. And uh, yeah, kind of, um, you know, went a couple rows right behind us, ricocheted off an empty seat, came back over our shoulders, went off the head of the woman sitting in front of us, hit my foot, and rolled over to you. So all you had to do was reach down and pick it up. I mean, it's kind of like winning uh, at uh, Wheel of Fortune. It's like, I mean, I didn't land on bankrupt, but I did spin the wheel, you know, <laughs> that's right. Awesome. But nice souvenir, nice souvenir. For yeah. Have. Yeah. It's uh, I've never, I've caught game like at little minor league games and stuff. I've caught, I've, I've caught balls or, uh, been the person that received the ball, shall we say, but, uh, never at a major league game. So this is something I'll always remember. So that's pretty cool, you know? Um, but yeah, so, uh, enough about baseball. Cause we're talking about theme parks here. Oh, by the way, uh, subscribe on all your favorite podcast apps. Look for us on YouTube uh, by searching for the Attractions Group podcast uh, and follow us on Twitter at Attractions underscore GRP. It's up in the upper right hand corner from what you can see now because we got new graphics. Um, But uh, what are we going to talk about today, Don? Well, Ryan, you know, last week was an exciting one for theme park fans with Six Flags unveiling thrilling new rides and experiences, including three roller coasters family rides, water attractions, and an upscale glamping experience in 2024. So let's delve into the highlights. Ryan, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I guess first we're going to go to Six Flags Over Texas. Uh, The world's first log flume now becomes one of the world's longest log flumes in 2024. Uh, The new El Rio Lento will feature an all-new lift hill and two big drops, including a giant steep uh, nosedive to add to the fun. It's a family fun ride for all thrill seekers of all ages. That seems pretty cool. I mean, log flumes, uh, it, it's funny because you don't really see a whole lot of, um, you know, marketing the log flumes. It's always like the log flumes are already there. So to see one that actually uh, is having, because we've seen them we've seen re-theme before, 
But to see one that's actually having construction done and like new things done to it, it, it's kind of a cool look, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see that they're extending this ride rather than, you know, just tearing it down and putting something else in that spot. So I've been on that one before. It's a fantastic log flume. So obviously I'm going to look forward to to riding it in the future with these changes. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, I, I think that it looks really cool. I think log flumes are way more fun than people give them credit for. Uh, I think a lot of people don't ride them because they don't want to get wet. I'm like one of those people. So I wish there was a log flume in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina that I rode. Uh, that was this, it had a weird bunny hop after the hill. It was the strangest thing ever, but that, that was like the perfect log flume because you got sprinkled, but not soaked. And that's like what I'm looking for. I want to get kind of wet, but not really wet. So come on science. We should make that log flume so I can ride it kind of often. Where are we heading to next on? Well, we'll stay in the state of Texas. We've got six flags fiesta, Texas, and an expansion of the DC universe land will include cyborg cyber revolution it's creating a visually stunning and airtime filled ride of four individual arms rotating in a fast intermeshing orbits uh, they got shazam tower of eternity rotating family drop tower and metropolis transit authority now this will allow 16 passengers to relax and enjoy an aerial view 17 feet above dc universe aboard two art deco covered monorail style trains so very excited about this. Uh, it's gonna. It's more than one thing, so I like that that they're they're adding more than just one attraction there. And uh, you know, our good friend Jeffrey Siebert is there. So Ryan, we're gonna have to go out and visit him and, and check out this new attraction. Yeah, I mean, uh, Fiesta Texas is definitely way high on my bucket list. I have not been there yet, uh, but they've got that single rail Raptor and you know some fantastic like an RMC and you know they're inside the. Um, yeah, the the quarry. I I just think that's quarry, I think yeah. that's just so neat. And to be adding three attractions, especially with none of them yeah. being like throwaway attractions, is it, really cool. Uh, and it just shows that um, you know, Jeffrey kind of has his finger on the pulse of what gets people's attention and what are crowd pleasers and you know what isn't. And he seems like he uh, he hits home runs every time he walks up to the plate. Um, and the visually, it looks great too from the rendering that yeah. I've seen. It's, it's going to be a great visual. Well, I mean, and look at their their history and stuff. Like, um, you know, in the past ten years or so, and, and less time than that, really. There's been a lot of things where, hey, in addition to we're getting a new ride next year, we're also retheming this ride and stuff like that. Stuff that just like, you know, it, it it's marketable, but it also um is just better for the park. It makes a better product for the park. So good on Jeff. Um, very, very happy for him. I, from all accounts, I've heard he's doing a fantastic job down there and I would expect no less out of him. All right. Uh, where are we going to next? Oh, Six Flags Great Adventure. Okay. So Six Flags Great Adventure to celebrate its 50th year, the park will introduce the first super boomerang coaster to open in North America. The Flash Vertical Velocity rushes forwards and backwards at nearly 60 miles per hour uh, through 180-degree twist drops in, zero G, in a zero-G roll. In a flash, it changes direction and speeds uh, off again and then backward. Uh, guests can also, can also immerse themselves in authentic African Lodge experience with the new Savannah Sunset Resort and Spa. Set within uh, the expansive 350-acre Wild Safari Park, guests will enjoy all ultra luxurious glamping 
tents, scenic vistas, uh, spa services, and VIP dining, all creating an unforgettable safari getaway. So, Don, that is another uh, two-punch. So you've got uh, a, a new ride. The new ride, by the way, for those of you who don't know, is the uh, that's a Vacoma Super Boomerang, like a, a one of the new Vacomas. Uh, so it's this is 2024 is the year of Vacoma in the United States for those of you listening internationally. But um, uh, so the glamping experience uh, that cost as much as the the coaster. I'm willing to say, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. that, that's a lot of infrastructure and stuff too. Um, but uh, let, let's talk about the the coaster because that's what people probably care about the most. Um, the Vacoma Super Boomerangs are, are very interesting because the boomerang of the past from 20 years ago is not the same product that they're offering now. It's a far more complex system of, uh, you know, twists and turns and loops and stuff like that. It's not just down, cobra roll, flip, and then back down around. Um, the only concern I would have with something like this is the, the throughput, the capacity, um, and I know that, for example, and uh, you know, just using the local example, in 1999 when Kings Island brought in their Vacoma in Vertigo, uh, they also added Drop Tower the same year, very close to it, which was probably a, you know having uh, capacity in mind. The glamping thing won't help with that. But w- what are your thoughts with that? I mean, in your experience with the discussions, as far as we're bringing in a new attraction, it's a major attraction. It only runs one train. Like what? 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 How do they counter something like that? Well, I mean, there's a number of attractions out there that aren't boomerangs that are one train operations. So, it, you know, to me, it falls in, in line with that. Uh, the thing about a ride like this, it's not the longest ride in the world. So the train is back in the station. You know, the, the riders are exiting. The next group's getting ready to board pretty quickly. So, you know, it works. It works just because of how short the ride is and just how quick you can get guests on and off. Yeah, uh, and I, I imagine that too. Uh, you know, they have the family boomerangs now, which probably have the same ride time as a lot of kids' rides. Um, and, uh, you know, with their newer vehicles, they're better uh, for loading and unloading. I mean, we talked about, I don't know if it's the same vehicles necessarily as Big Bear Mountain, but Big Bear Mountain was very easy to climb into and stuff. Um, I've noticed that with a lot of coasters, like from the late nineties, for example, um, it's difficult to get in. It's difficult to pull the lap bar down. It's difficult to, to latch the seatbelt. If they don't have that problem, then they're not going to have, you know, terrible issues like that. But this is another one I'm excited for. You know, I, I do like boomerangs. I like the old ones and the new ones I've not been on yet, but, um, I, I think it's super exciting. I, I just think it looks really neat and it's going to be a fantastic addition to that park. It will. So moving on to St. Louis, the Six Flags Park there is going to introduce a fun attraction. It's the Joker Carnival of Chaos. Now this stands at a staggering record height of 17 stories tall. It whips back and forth as the giant disc spins, gets higher and higher while reaching speeds up to 75 miles per hour. Now, Ryan, this sounds intense. Yeah, 75 miles an hour. So uh, so it whips. So it's a giant disc ride, seventy-five miles an hour for a giant disc ride. I think the fastest one I've been on is like sixty. Uh, yes. Seventeen. Yeah, right around tall. that range for me too. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, you know, and it again, you know, when you look at the rendering, 
it looks great. It does, and um, I, this is probably the Zamperla model. Um, but the uh, the cool part is, is they have all like the carnival lights on them and stuff, so they can kind of do patterns and and stuff like that, and light them up different colors. I think that's really cool. Um, I think the rides are visually very, very good. Um, and they they clearly work because they keep on adding them. You know, they're they're crowd pleasers, and I guess the downtime isn't substantial or anything like that because uh, Six Flags basically uh, you get a card these rides to every one of their uh every one of their properties so far uh and i mean maybe there's a couple gaps in there but it seems like it's spreading out but uh what a crowd pleaser it's visual uh 17 stories tall 75 miles an hour it's got the lights and stuff so big win for them i mean st. when was the last time st louis had a major installation do you know well yeah i was just going to mention that that it's you know it's one of those parks that you hear the six flags fans in st louis often saying what about us when they see these other attractions going you know to the great adventure and you know the the six flags great america in chicago and six flags over texas you know out in magic mountain out in california so you know it's great to see that they're they're getting something you know i, I call it major I would call it major as well. Yeah, I I think that there's a huge appreciation for something like this, and I I think that it'll be a big win. It'll bring a lot of interest to them. So so good on them. Uh, it's to that park, Ryan. You know, if you've not been there before, you know, I'd recommend going. You know, they do have a, a classic wooden roller coaster that I love. Um, it opened, you know, right after the racer did in the '70s. You know, I hear it's still running great. So it is on my bucket list next summer to visit Six Flags St. Louis. Yeah, I I, I have not been there, and uh, I look forward to making that trip. Uh, that seems like a fun park to go to. And it's in the vicinity of a lot of other parks, too, if you're going to be in that part of the country as well. Okay, so uh, let's see here. The next one up, where were we? St. Louis before? So uh, mm -hmm. uh, Six Flags Great America. Six Flags Great America, Sky Striker is a giant pendulum attraction. There we go again. Uh, that sends riders at a breathtaking journey to extreme heights. A massive 17-story pendulum that glides effortlessly back and forth while rotating clockwise, reaching speeds of nearly 75 miles an hour, delivering a heart-pounding experience of weightlessness and an astounding 172 feet. So... Um, this has uh, got the identical statistics to the other one, I'm guessing. Uh, but, but I, I mean, everything we said reigns true. Uh, fantastic ride. I'm surprised this park didn't already have one, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, I love these pendulum rides. I love the Hoose ones, uh, the Zamperla ones. There's a, the one that goes upside down at Kentucky Kingdom I've been on. Uh, that one's okay. Uh, but I don't. these are just swinging pendulums. I don't think they invert. But you don't get the weightlessness thing when it goes around a whole 360. Yeah, it's going to be a great addition, you know, to complement their ride lineup well. Uh, yeah, so looking forward to this one, too. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Where are we heading to next, Don? We're heading to Georgia. Six Flags over Georgia, in fact. And it's the first of its kind ultra surf coaster that they're getting. It's bringing a totally new coaster experience to the park with a track that launches riders forward and backward, surfing at 60 miles per hour through a refreshing splash pool. Now, it's going to be good when you're based in Hotlanta. Um, it's a free-spinning seats that will ensure that no two rides are alike. So I, I really like that aspect of it. Uh, while the name of this, uh, this thriller is still to be determined, uh, Six Flags Over Georgia fanatics will be invited to take part in the selection of the coaster's official name. 
you're going to need to follow the park's social media for details. But I like, too, that they're allowing their guests, their biggest fans, uh, to submit their ideas for the name. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's funny because we uh, (laughs) – it's contrary to – what we've discussed in the past where you cannot announce an attraction without a name because you have to have a backstory, but at the same time, it's also creating the backstory. You, the fans, you guys write this, you know? So, um, I, I think that's really neat. Uh, the ride itself, you, you want to talk about visual, uh, the animation looks like it's got like water plumes and stuff like that. Um, I think it looks really neat. It reminds me of a Zamperla disco, but to like the nth degree, you know, so it's going to be pretty extreme. You going to submit a name? If I think of a good one. I mean, I, I, I was trying to think of when you were reading that, I was trying to think of what I would submit, but I, um, I don't know. Maybe you could get everyone to submit Airy force one to see if they actually go with it. <laughs> No, I just like it's like the, I mean, it's number one, it sounds fun and thrilling, but I like the fact that they're involving their, you know, their guests and, and letting them be part of the naming convention. Yeah. And I guess with a ride like this, you, you don't have your backstory and stuff like that. You don't have the abandoned lumber mill or, or whatever direction you're going. It's this is surfing themed. Why don't you guys tell us a story this time, which I think is kind of cool. All right. Um, where are we heading to? Uh, oh, there's got to be a typo here because it says that Six Flags Great Escape is getting a coaster. <laughs> Can we? That, that's that's uh, you know that was shocking. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't, and they announced the uh, the closure of their um, their uh, their trackless coaster. Uh, I want to say it's a pipeline coaster. I know it's, I know that the toboggan coaster, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's a full description that we have, have for it. It's um, uh, Six Flags Great Escape. The Bobcat wooden coaster roars at nearly 40 miles an hour with a family-friendly modernized coaster train providing a comfortable ride experience with light turns, hills, and curves. Thrill seekers crave. Designed to be by our friends at the Gravity Group. Well, the Gravity Group really got that niche for those... Um, this family coasters. This reminds me a lot of both um, Oscar's Wacky Taxi is one, and uh, Kentucky Flyer at Kentucky Kingdom's another one. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, what a great addition, you know, and and hopefully bringing in a coaster because it's, you know, this for a big park. If this were a Six Flags New Jersey or something, this wouldn't be a huge expenditure year for this park. This is probably the biggest expenditure they've had in decades. Um, I just hope that it, it brings in the attention and, uh, you know, the turnstile clicks that's necessary for them to continue to do this because I know the people up there have uh, wanted something bigger and better for a long time. Yeah, and it'll be a nice compliment to their other wooden coaster that they have there, the Comet. Uh, that's a fantastic ride. Uh, so looking forward to this one. It's, uh, you know, much needed for that park to give it some love. And, you know, if you live in that uh, that part of uh, New York, the Adirondacks area, um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a home run for them. I, I completely agree. And how can it not be, especially when the reputation gets out about how smooth and comfortable it is? I think people are really going to enjoy that. Well, Ryan, for thrill seekers like us, 2024 cannot come soon enough. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, it, it, it's... Uh, 
you know, the Six Flags stuff is fascinating because, um, you know, they they had announced that they were going to do more on the marketing side of their current attractions and not add as many attractions, but they've pivoted on that. Um, you know, and, and that was always up for debate and enthusiasts being the armchair quarterbacks that we are uh, said, that's so stupid because they need to add new stuff. And I can see why from a business, you know, putting on my suit and tie that I never wear unless I'm going to court or I have a funeral. Um, I can see why that would be something that that executives would think. You know, we've got a quarter of a billion dollars worth of hardware in our park. Do we need to add 30 million every year? You know, but the fact of the matter is you always have to be doing something to generate interest, you know, and you sometimes set the bar at a certain level. And, uh, you know, when you've got little, little parks like, um, like a Michigan's adventure where they don't really add a lot of roller coasters and stuff, but their big announcement last year was that they're adding tricks and treats this year, which I think is a fantastic addition. That's going to draw the attention that's uh, necessary for, for a park of that size. But when you come to your, your New Jersey's and your Chicago's and, you know, markets like that, it's definitely going to be, uh, in the proper vein to, um, you know, add the hardware. I mean, you just got to do it sometimes. And this is this is evidence that um, that's the direction they decided to go. And hopefully they'll have a really strong year as a result of it. Um, which which of these attractions are you looking forward to most? You know, there's well, I'm going to go with two parks here. Aiming uh, Six Flags Fiesta, Texas and what they're doing. So very you know much looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, being a wood coaster fan, you know, I'm looking at uh, Six Flags Great Escape, you know, being a big fan of what the Gravity Group does. You know, I know it's going to be an amazing ride. Uh, so those would be the two that, you know, stand out, you know, immediately for me in terms of, uh, you know, what uh, what has me the most excited. What about you, Ryan? Um, so the 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 ultra surf coaster at uh, Six Flags Over Georgia, like that's got my interest. I, I think that would be a really fun experience. None of these are are duds. You know, all of these are interesting and they're they're worthy of discussion. And um, you know, both of those uh, you know, Zamperla pendulums are are look really cool. Uh, the Bobcat at Six Flags Great Escape definitely draws my interest. Um, and you mentioned like the Fiesta Texas stuff. I mean, Fiesta Texas is kind of on their own level when it comes to uh, Six Flags or really any chain of parks. And th- their additions are going to be really cool and really interesting. And it'll be really cool to see uh, how those turn out. But yeah, I mean, I-, I think this is such a fantastic year. If you could only pick one, though, if you're going to visit one park, would you get the credit? Would you get the Bobcat credit? <laughs> if I only pick one, I, I think uh, I'm going to. It's a tough one, but I'm going to go with Fiesta, Texas. And just because there's multiple things that they're doing there and to see the different things. And there's also some other attractions that they've added, you know, recent years that I have not been on. So um, I I would lean toward them. Yeah. I mean, if I had to choose a park to go to, it would probably be Fiesta, Texas. Um, But if I if it was, you know, all these were sitting out in a field and I had to choose one to ride. Like before they they're, before they're set up for delivery, they're all set up in a parking lot. Um, I would say the the ultra surf coaster that's the one that intrigues me the most. I'm mm-hmm. very curious as to what the sensation is going to be like riding that thing. Now, for me though, I do feel that uh, you know next summer I'm going to do a lot of traveling, and I do feel that if I can hit every one of these, I'm going to hit most of these next summer. Oh, that would be a heck of a summer to have. I mean. Uh, you know, when they're only adding stuff to three parks, 
that's easy. Uh, <laughs> but in this case, there it's a big swath of them. You know, there's some some that are glaringly missing, like Six Flags Magic Mountain uh, isn't on this list. Discovery Kingdom's not on this list. But this is this is over half. And that's not to say they're not going to have new things next year. These were just the ones that, you know, we called out uh, to highlight on the most, you know, that, that received the most attention following the announcements. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And plus, um, even if something isn't on this list, uh, it's quite possible that they would make their because I believe like uh, Fiesta Texas actually announced this stuff a few days before this big swath announcement. Um, we'll have to do an episode one day on your thoughts on how Six Flags kind of they don't really do this anymore because this is not exactly what they did. But remember, for years, they would say like, oh, this is what's coming to every Six Flags park. Um, I always thought that was stupid because per, in, in it's my opinion, because um, I think every park should have their moment and they should be able to express to the public what they're doing and what they should be excited for and why they should buy season passes and so on. It also didn't help that like three of the rides on the list were clones often. So, you know, when you're announcing. Um, I mean, we can use the pendulum ride as an example, actually, because this was during the time when they were doing uh, installing a lot of those, you know, when it's like, oh, Six Flags uh, over Georgia is getting a giant pendulum and you're going to swing really high in the air. And then Six Flags Discovery Kingdoms getting a water park expansion and then Six Flags Magic Mountain. Remember that pendulum? We're doing that here, too. You know, they, yeah, they, they seemed, uh, you know, um, you know, this year, just looking at all the parks, social media posts, they were all able to kind of make it their own story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, I thought they all did a, a fantastic job of uh, engaging their fans and, you know, getting the conversation going. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. And, and and some of it is like a sentiment thing for me. Like, I'm not necessarily arguing their business plan because I, I don't know what they have in mind or what they had in mind. Because, again, yeah, you're right. It is far more personalized this year. So it seems like each park was able to make their announcement. This is the way that I always thought it should be, because if they wanted to make an announcement and it was more for the on the investor side of we're we're doing 100 million in capital expenditures or, or something, they could do that. But it would be let each park make their announcement and then drop a presser saying these are coming to all the parks for a total of this amount and this is why we love our guests and this is why we're going to be successful but it seems like it's a little bit more in line with that now than it was five or six years ago when they would drop a video to you know enthusiast sites saying like oh now we're heading to chicago now we're heading to st louis and and stuff i always decided kind of like if i was one of the people working on one of the projects in one of the parks i'd be like well can we make our own announcement I mean, we've talked several times about the memories we've had, whether for you working in the industry, for me being a spectator of being there when the big announcement was made, you know, it, it, I don't think that they always had these moments. Um, no, but you know, it, no, but, but you know, Ryan, yeah, when you look at what everybody's, you know, you know, six flags and you know, the other parks out there, all the different things that they've announced, um, you know, I have to go back to the 1980s when I've been, you know, this excited, uh, about what everybody in the industry is doing next summer and and wanting to get out to these parks and experience these new attractions plus you know old time favorites that are at these parks i i completely agree um uh, i just i haven't been to a lot of six flags park i've been to a lot of parks and it just six flags just hasn't been it so i um am very eager to make it out to fiesta texas especially now that they're year round uh, it's far more tempting yeah to beautiful park Six Flags Over Georgia, you know, beautiful, 
you know, they had nice landscaping. Um, you know, I like Six Flags, uh, Great Adventure, New Jersey. Uh, that was a, a, a park at night that I really loved, you know, with, with all the lighting and you had the different attractions, just the way it all looked, mm-hmm. um, you know, stunning, you know, Six Flags St. Louis, a fun park when I went there. So, yeah, I mean, these are all nice parks and it's great to see, you know, all the new attractions that are coming in. And over the past, you know, few years, you know, there's several because I have not been able to get out and go to those parks that I'm looking forward uh, to catching up yeah. on the ones I've missed that, uh, you know, have come out in the last five or six years. I uh, completely agree. And uh, what an exciting year for Six Flags. Uh, I really wish them the best um, because they're doing exactly what people had kind of asked for. And uh, you get what you want. <laughs> so let's uh, let's make, make sure that you're uh, you're giving them, you know, give them the support that they need uh, for doing this. Uh, it's a huge pivot from their original business plan. So good on them. I think it'll be good. All right. Well, Ryan, uh, we have a pen post on our X, formerly known as Twitter. Mm-hmm where our listeners can submit their theme park questions to us. So each week, we started it last week, but each week on the Attractions Group podcast, we're going to answer a listener's question. And this week's question comes from Thuzi Tony. He's at at old Thuzi. So that's at old Thuzi. Uh, he says, this may go better with Tower Topics, but since you're asking, what type of coaster would you like to see in Vortex former residence at Kings Island? Hmm. What kind of ride would I like to see? Well, he says roller coaster. Oh, roller coaster so specifically. He, yes. Yeah, so, 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 old Thuzi, he's banking on roller coaster. But, uh, you know, if it was up to us, and it's not, what would you like to see? I mean, I think, first of all, we should make it so it's up to us. Okay. There are two types of rides that I really, really want to see in that spot. I've put a lot of thought into this because, frankly, I have nothing better to do. Um. I think that uh, I think what they're going to do is they're going to put a dive coaster there. I'm going to say that. Uh, and the reason why I think that is because I think it's a good spot for it. It's visual. You know, we talked about that earlier. Um, dive coasters aren't terribly expensive compared to a lot of other B&Ms. They're B&Ms, so they're reliable. You guys know the routine. What would I like to see? Two different things. One, mock extreme spinner. I, I uh, you know, time traveler and uh, I've been on... Uh, the Sand Serpent down at Bush Gardens, Tampa. Uh, fantastic rides. Uh, Kings Island does not have a spinning ride like that. Uh, would love to see that there. Uh, that would be my number one. The number two would be either, I would say, if I had to choose, I would say the Intamin version, but like a Maverick style ride where it's, uh, I know that they were, they're now calling it like a Terra coaster, but. Um, you know, low to the ground, turns, stuff like that. Vacoma has their version too, but um, I feel like Vacoma will be a little bit more dialed back. Uh, I would take dialed back in exchange for a really good theme and a really good story, but uh, a coaster like that would be perfect for that spot. You could even do like water and stuff there if you wanted to. What are your thoughts, Don? Well, ideally, and if, you know, I love Mavericks or something like that, but you need a little over 4,000 feet, you know, of track to work with to make it something that would be on par or maybe even better than Maverick. And that would be hard to do. Um, but it, I don't think that space as it exists right there would allow you to make one, you know, it's 4,000 something plus feet. So it'd have to be a little bit shorter. And that's why I think um, two things come to mind, a dive coaster, which would be, you know, 32, 33, 3,400 feet, you know, that would fit perfectly in that space or something like 
Copperhead Strike at Carowinds. You know, another coaster, 3,200, 3,250, whatever the distance on that one is the length of track there. Uh, Something like that would fit in that space. And I think visually, uh, a Copperhead Strike type of coaster would look really good there when you're coming down the midway and you turn to go toward Rivertown. I think, you know, that would be a nice fit. So either a dive coaster or something like Copperhead Strike. I do think the topography, though, makes it a little bit challenging uh, for a dive coaster and what they historically do with the layouts of those. So I, I think, you know, Copperhead Strike, it can certainly fit something like that in there. Um, a Maverick, you could fit something like that if you just had a little bit more room to get it over 4,000 feet. Uh, but I don't know. And, you know, these are all, you know, you walk by that that area and, you, you know, you see the empty field sitting there and it really, you know, makes you think, you know, all the possibilities that could go in that space. Uh, but, you know, we don't know, you know, what's going to go in there and, uh, you know, what might fit there. And, you know, so who knows? But I, a great question. You know, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if you want to submit your questions, go to our X, formerly known as Twitter, attractions underscore GRP, and uh, fire your questions. And uh, we'll we'll get to them all eventually. Yeah. So, okay, let, let's work with this. So if they were going to do a dive coaster, to me, I, I think that the one thing that hasn't really been done on a wide scale for dive coasters is, um, and, and I know that um, Yukon Striker kind of does this, but why don't dive coasters almost always go directly into a tunnel? Yeah, like, I, why don't they? Yeah, I, I feel like they don't often enough. Because wouldn't the perfect uh, visual from the top be that you can just see and it looks like it's like the train wouldn't make yeah, it this through. little hole you're going into? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that would add a lot of thrill to an attraction like that. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of dive coasters. My first one was Shikra at Bush Gardens, Tampa. That's still probably my favorite dive coaster that I've been on. Um you know, sometimes when it's the first coaster that you've ridden of that style, you kind of tend to lean toward that because it's your most memorable. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I really like that one. I, I like, um, you know, Val Raven at Cedar Point, I think is fantastic. A big part of these dive coasters, too, is when you get to the top and you kind of hang there for a few seconds, it's what you're looking at. You know, when you look out into the uh, the distance and, you know, Cedar Point, you, you look out and you see Lake Erie and, you know, so things like that are important, too. When you have a dive coaster, what are you looking at? You know, how, which way is it going to, to leave the station to go up the lift hill and turn to drop? You know, what what is the visual? I think that's important, too. Yeah, I, I think that I was going to say, you know, you said that um, was it Shikra you said was your favorite. So Shikra is Shikra is a really good ride. But the exact thing I was going to bring up is that you get a view of downtown uh, uh, Tampa from there, which is kind of cool. But if we're if we're rating it on that scale, then Val Raven is hands down the best dive coaster that I've been on at least, because that view of Lake Erie is worth waiting in line for. Stunning! Oh my yeah. God, you can see for miles. It's just fantastic. Yeah, but I, I like the water element. You know the splash. Yes. That she does. So I think that, and it also is a ride that if you are not going to ride it, you can still have fun. You know, getting splashed. You know, you always see the, you know, the people lined up along the, you know, the side of the ride there at Bush Gardens, Tampa, when it goes by and they just get splashed with the water. You know, it's almost like a Congo uh, Falls type ride when, the, you know, how they get hit with the water. So um, that adds an element to it uh, for me as well, too, that you don't necessarily have to ride it to have fun, enjoy it. You know, it's a great uh, visual, too, with photos. 
at that park. So that that all those different things combined made it my favorite dive coaster. Yeah. Um, I like how they asked what we would like in the vortex spot and we danced around the dive coaster and then we talked all about dive coasters. That's the way we roll. Hey, well, but we're I mean, more well, on I mean, topic than like most podcasts. All right. <laughs> yeah. The, the topography though. I mean, I, you know, it's, there's a lot more space than you would think to work with there, but just the topography of it and that, you know, you, you might want something that hugs more low to the ground and use, you know, takes advantage of, of the terrain and everything in there. So, yeah. you know, who knows, but a great question. We appreciate it. Uh, so definitely, you know, if you have any questions out there about the theme park industry, you know, certainly go to our X, formerly Twitter. Uh, it's pinned at the very top and just, uh, you know, post your question. And like I mentioned, we will get to them all eventually. Absolutely. Ooh. So we've been talking about the news of the day, but that's not going to stop us because you know what, Don, it's time for a little segment we like to call the pick six. Take it away. Well, Ryan, I'll start out with the best thing that I heard today, and that is the cat is out of the bag. The iconic Wildcat roller coaster at Lake Compounds Amusement Park in Bristol, Connecticut. It's going to return in 2024. Uh, the 96-year-old classic Woody is being retracked with a vertically stacked track thanks to the Gravity Group. Uh, as we know, an industry leader in wooden coaster renovations, uh, you can be among the first to experience a smoother ride on this classic. Uh, it opened in 1927, uh, which is only 672 years and cat years if you make a visit to the park next summer. Uh, 600, how many cat years? 672? 672 in cat years. Okay. Uh, how are you, are you calculating that like dog years, like seven years per year? I don't know. I guess they said a cat has nine lives. So you go, how many years it is times nine? I guess that's how the math worked out there. Did you, did you run it through the fact checkers? Have we hired fact checkers yet? I just went to their, you know, I saw it on their Facebook page today. So I was like, Hey, this is something we definitely got to talk about on the pick six because, you know, it did not operate uh, this year. I had been on that ride uh, back in 1984 when I visited the park and a lot of fun out and back, you know, traditional mm -hmm. Philadelphia toboggan company, you know, um, you know, built it. So, uh, it was my type of wooden coaster, you know, with the out and back and it was a lot of fun, but you know, through the years it got a little rougher and that is, you know, a coaster that's almost a hundred years old is going to be, uh, but it's just great to hear that, uh, you know, it's getting refurbished. It's going to be there for future generations to enjoy. And, you know, you have the gravity group working on it so you have all the confidence in the world this is going to be be amazing yeah it's easy to put your stamp on of, of approval for gravity group when it comes to these refurbishment projects i'm still not over the cat year thing because i know that a dog one year for a dog is seven years for no one year for a human seven years for a dog but i've never heard that because cats have nine lives that one year for a cat is nine years for <laughs> Just roll with okay. it. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll just accept it. We 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 still love you, uh, Lake Compounds. Okay, so speaking of animals, the Haunt the Zoo event will return to Oklahoma City Zoo in Oklahoma for its 40th anniversary season. Um, so this will be on October 7th. It'll return. The Halloween event will run every Saturday and Sunday and include trick-or-treating, family-friendly decorations, and treats. The beloved event has become a favorite of for generations of Oklahomans. Uh, beginning as a grassroots effort, Haunt the Zoo has grown to become the state's largest fall celebration, connecting thousands to the joy, excitement of the season, 
and for the zoo. So I guess this is kind of like, um, you know, locally we've got the Festival of Lights, but this must be their big, like everyone goes to the zoo at this time of year, right? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, 40 years. So that's a long time, which tells you that, you know, it's it's tradition. It's something that uh, families look forward to every year. And, you know, it's had a great run. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. Cool. What's up next? Sticking with zoos. The Baton Rouge Zoo in Louisiana is planning to build a new habitat for giraffes and other animals, such as large birds and Thompson's gazelles. Uh, it is hoped that the exhibit will enable guests to hand feed the giraffes while viewing the animals from the walkway. Uh, they're trying to make the exhibit as real life as possible. So when people visit, you know, it's going to feel like you're, you're in an African exhibit. Uh, you know, I think the people of Baton Rouge, they deserve a nice zoo. And uh, this is, this is uh, you know, much needed refurbishment there. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could say I've been to the zoo, uh, but uh, I think it's really cool. And um, a lot of times when it comes, and I am in no way an expert whatsoever, this is just my understanding, but um, when it comes to these upgrades, they actually uh, modernize the way that the animals are treated and their ability to free roam and stuff like that. So um, I'm... uh, I'm really glad that they're uh, they're able to do that. Uh, it, you know, this is all uh, often publicly funded and stuff. So, really cool. What's next? Okay, so um, the Alpine bobsled took its last glide down the half pike before being retired Monday at Great Escape, ending a 25 year run at the theme park. We were just talking about this. Spoiler alert: <laughs> they're adding a coaster in its spot. The Six Flags Park announced last month that the, was it, 1,500-foot-long trackless roller coasters ride would end on Labor Day. Members of the American Coaster Enthusiasts came to bid the ride farewell with a celebration and a private ride. So good for Ace for being able to do that. I love bobsled rides. I'm so sad that they're, like, not so much a thing anymore. No, no. It's, uh, you know, it's almost like an animal that's, you know, when, when they're on the verge of being extinct, just not enough out there. So... Make sure that the parks that still have this attraction, you get out there, you ride it. Because oftentimes, you know, people vote with their feet. I agree. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely um, it's definitely something to consider. Um, okay. So, what's next, Don? Uh, it's my turn. Cedar Point. Oh. Yeah, Cedar Point is preparing to unleash a new season of Halloween Screams as their annual Halloween Weekends event returns for its 26th year on select dates from September 14th through October 29th. The biggest updates include two new haunted attractions, the Midnight Indoor Haunted Maze and Clowns Death Metal Tour, an outdoor scare zone. Now, uh, Midnight, uh, Mr. Midnight invites you into his mystery uh, mysteriously evil residence, uh, where you will be introduced to the book of dark and all the fears, terrors, and horrors living within its pages, uh, dare to be his guest and see what dark stories Mr. Midnight has written for you. So I like the way that one, that one sounds. And then death metal tour, this will be a scare zone. So as guests stroll down the Gemini midway, they'll stumble upon the butchers of rock band. I like that name, the butchers of rock I agree. band who found themselves performing an eternal concert night after night after night at Halloween weekends with live music and clown-faced 
concert goers roaming the venue in this new outdoor scare zone. It's sure to provide sinister guitar licks, murderous metal music, and blood-curdling screams. Another one that sounds really good. Yeah, uh, Cedar Point's Halloween stuff is is really cool, isn't it? I mean, they do a really good job. They very underrated. Yeah, very underrated. Uh, every time I've I've gone to it, I've had a great time, and uh, you know the scare actors are, are terrific. Uh, the decor looks great, uh, so it's you know I highly recommend it. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, moving on, this is the last one. Uh, Worlds of Fun is ready for a hauntingly good time. The Kansas City Museum Park announced new attractions that will be part of its Halloween haunt for the 2023 fall season. The new attractions include Pumpkin Eater, Dead Harvest, Walk Through Scare Zone, Ringmaster's Last Laugh, which is a live show, uh, Zombie Buffet. Is that what they're trying to say there? Buffet? B-O-O-F-F-E. Zombie Buffet, yes. Okay. Um, which is a dining experience. Uh, the Spectral Sisters, which is a daytime live show. Uh, and new options will join. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the new options will join Mazes, uh, Scare Zones, and live shows that were favorites from last year. So good for them for expanding the event. I think that's pretty cool, don't you? Yeah, Worlds of Fun is another park that has an underrated Halloween event. Uh, I know a lot of. Uh, Scare seekers, I'll call them that, that travel around and have done the different Halloween events at uh, parks and different chains and that they always speak very highly of Worlds of Fun's event and uh, have told me just how good it is and just how detailed uh, the actors are with the makeup. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's another one that, uh, you know, doesn't get enough attention. So if you're a scare enthusiast. You know, make plans to visit Worlds of Fun because I, I think that uh, you know, just based on what I heard, uh, you know, it'll it'll be a scary good time. Completely agree. Uh, it sounds really fun. Cool. Well, uh, man, we made it through the pick six. How exciting! Um, yeah. So uh, make sure you follow us on all your favorite podcast apps: Apple, Google, Spotify. Follow us on Twitter slash X at attractions underscore grp, and search for us on YouTube under the attraction or sorry. Search for the Attractions Group podcast on YouTube is what I'm trying to spit out. Awesome. Any final words of wisdom, Don? Well, you know, it's that time of the year with, like we talked about, new attractions have been announced. And now we're seeing the different, uh, you know, Halloween attractions being uh, introduced for this year that you can do uh, this fall. And, uh, you know, just just looking forward to to that season kicking off and getting underway. I agree. Uh, so just as a PSA, and we will we will um, tweet about this, but I will be out of town. I will be doing uh, Disney Universal things next week, so we will not have a show next week. So don't worry about us. We're fine. Uh, but we plan to still drop some Tower Topics next week. So make sure you look for Tower Topics, which is our uh, alternative podcast, which is just about Kings Island and does uh, a couple podcasts a week. And we do sh the short form, which is uh, 15 minutes or so uh, about individual like laser line subjects. So we'll see you next time, everybody.